Welcome into the Locked On NBA podcast, Gavin Shaw, Andy Kimonetsky, and we are talking the 10 teams you should be most excited to watch this upcoming NBA season. That next on Locked On NBA. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Locked On NBA, Gavin Shaw, Andy Kimonetsky. And we want to thank you for making Locked On NBA your first listen today and every day. We're now available on all platforms and includes on YouTube. And uh, for your second listen, maybe some Locked On Lakers, man. Big news. Uh, LeBron James re-signing for two years. Locked On Knicks, not so much going on, but who knows any day could be the day that Donovan Mitchell is finally traded. If, if you didn't get it from that little plug, I'm Gavin Shaw, the host of the Locked On Knicks podcast. He is Andy Kimonetsky, the host of the Locked On Lakers podcast. And Andy, uh, this is spur of the moment because there's nothing going on in the NBA world right now, but I figured we'd we'd steal a a trope from uh, Bill Simmons and Zach Lowe, rank the 10 teams we're most excited to watch next season. So I'll throw that right over to you. Who is your number 10 team that you are excited to watch next season? Yeah, first of all, shout out to both of those guys for for the conceit that we are blatantly... uh, Paying homage to, we, we yeah. will say right now. That's, Gavin. A, that's a good word for steal. That's a good word. Uh, it, it, yeah, but it sounds much more dignified. Um, yeah. At the risk of sounding like a homer, I'm going with the Lakers at mm. number 10. And I've got them only at 10 out of, I guess, acknowledgement that last season was, and take my word for this because I saw the whole freaking thing, they were unwatchable last year. And there is a chance that if things go sideways like they did last season, they could be just as unwatchable this year because even though the roster is younger, they're built, at least in theory, to play a much more exciting up-and-down brand of basketball that Darvin Ham has said that they want to play and that the Lakers actually played when they won that 2020 championship. You don't know exactly how it's going to work until you see it. You don't know if Russell Westbrook is going to be on this team. But that said, LeBron and AD, if healthy and available, They are always going to be worth watching in and of themselves. And be honest, even all you haters out there, you want to see what the Lakers are going to do. You know that you do. Just admit it. And LeBron's only going to have a couple more seasons, if that, playing at this type of level. And you want to appreciate it while you can. So I got the Lakers at 10. I I thought about the Lakers just because when when you have shooting around that LeBron Anthony Davis two man game, it's a spectacle. Like I can't, I'm I'm sure there has been like, like Kobe and Shaq, I guess would be the other example, but like a guard big, like, I mean, uh, LeBron quote unquote, a guard, but, but two guys like that with that kind of skill level and ball handling in the pick and roll, like just the physical dominance they had in the 2020 championship. You don't have to look back that far. Exactly. Yeah. No, it was it was a joy to watch uh, to watch those two, even even as a Knicks fan. I, I hated it, but I, I loved it a little bit. Um, I mean, I as thought, a Knicks fan, you're going to have to latch on to something. Let's be ooh, honest. Oh, that hurts, Andy. Um, I did consider... Keep it spicy. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did consider putting the Knicks on here because I, I would argue they have the most fun bench to watch in the NBA. The Derrick Rose, Emmanuel Quickly, Obi Toppin, Isaiah Hartenstein, maybe Evan Fournier in the mix there. If Quentin Grimes gets pushed up as the starting line, I think that could be the best bench in the NBA, the most fun bench in the NBA. Tons of passing, tons of shooting. Obi Toppin is a joy. I would clearly have the Knicks in there if uh, if your former guy, Julius Randle, was not on the team. But man, he plays... Oh. His 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 iteration last year was about as unwatchable as NBA basketball can get. So I bumped the New York Knicks and the team I had at number 10. And, and tell me if they're on your list too, Andy, was the Chicago Bulls 
at number 10. Uh, part of it is just the jerseys, best jerseys in the league for my money, classic. But I loved them when they were healthy last year, the combo of uh, Lonzo Ball and Alex Caruso. Again, two for, wow, a lot of former Lakers getting shout-outs early. Uh, just harassing people up and down the court. Um, Lonzo just throwing the, those brilliant, man, I, I got to watch it in person, UCLA. Outlet passes, Zach Levine still flashing that all-world athleticism. DeMar DeRozan torturing people in the mid-post. Super fun team. They are my number 10 for the purpose. The reason I didn't uh, think about them for my list, you mentioned the uh, the defensive backcourt of Lonzo and Caruso and having watched both those guys up close and you know saw their development. I know what they can do. I'm actually happy for both of them. But you don't necessarily know they're going to be there, unfortunately. They, they've been injury-prone players, particularly Lonzo. It, it, it doesn't seem like everybody has... Uh, a real handle on how his rehab is going, where he is, you know, when he's going to be available, that sort of stuff. I also wonder if what they did last season, you know, with DeMar DeRozan having a career year this late in his career, if that can be repeated again. And, you know, you you wonder if that version of the Bulls last year, which was a terrific surprise, if that was the peak for what we're going to see with this group in Chicago. So. That is ultimately why they didn't make my list. I'm, I'm not quite as convinced they're going to be as entertaining. So who is your uh, number ten, number nine team then? My number nine is the Phoenix Suns. And they, they went through a strange offseason where you, know, you, you had a team that went to the finals in 2021. There were a lot of expectations for them. You get off to this weird start between you know, Suns ownership, Robert Sarver, and DeAndre Ayton and them seemingly, for reasons I don't quite understand, not really being that committed to the idea of having him around. And, you know, they had that awful flame out against the Mavericks in uh, the playoffs, really got it handed to them. One of the worst losses we've seen in the playoffs in quite some time. But they are with Chris Paul at the controls and Devin Booker, one of the best, most well-rounded scorers in the league. They're really fun to watch. They're a really difficult team to guard because they do so much in the mid-range, and it's so counterintuitive for a lot of uh, the league in terms of what they defend for, the rim or you know the three-point line. And I also think that just they're a really entertainingly balanced team. Like Their ceiling isn't as high in terms of explosiveness with a lot of other teams, but their floor is pretty high. And I just... Chris Paul can be a really unlikable player. I get it, but watching him in the zone, particularly in the fourth quarter, man, it's art. It's poetry. It's incredible. So Andy, they're my we, number nine. We, we did not go over our lists with each other for better or worse before this show started. The Phoenix Suns are my number nine. Team. Oh, there we go. There we go. Um, I think this, this is something Zach highlighted when he, when he wrote this list out last year, but as sophisticated of a pick and roll offense as there is in the NBA, just the, the variety of counters and know-how. And another year in that system with essentially all the same guys last season and then heading into this season, for whatever happened in the playoffs, that was as good of a regular season team post-Golden State as we've seen. Um, the chemistry those guys have, the collective shooting. And then Devin Booker specifically, I mean, I would maybe this is sacrilegious, but I would say the spiritual successor in some ways to Kobe Bryant, like the quintessential well, Hooper's Hooper. You that ask, is what Devin Booker, I think that is what he is gunning to be. Yeah. And, you know, he and Kobe had a really tight relationship. He absolutely idolizes him. You know, he, he and Jason Tatum have looked to pay uh, mm. homage to to Kobe throughout the last couple of years. So you're, you're on point in terms of Booker's aspirations. 
Yeah, and I think he captures that. I mean, you, you always hear Kevin Durant talk him up as like as one of his favorite players to watch. And you hear that from guys all around the league, that hoopers, hoopers mentality, like that that picturesque jumper, the mid-range game, the I think the underrated strength and finishing ability he has around the rim. Just one of my favorite guys to watch. A throwback in some ways, but just absolutely dominant, getting better year in and year out. And that team, just their uh, cohesion and connectivity on the defensive end as well, really stands out. Uh, for number eight, I had a, a Lakers rival, a two Lakers rivals coming up back to back for me. The Boston Celtics. Uh, I'll, I'll keep it simple with them. On offense, it's, it's a bit of a sludge sometimes. It's not always fun. Devolves into a lot of like Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum taking turns. I, I want to see if Malcolm Brogdon injects like a little bit more ball movement and just having another guy who can bully his way all the way to the rim. I just think they're going to be kind of interesting on offense. Um, but defensively, like what they figured out with Robert Williams playing that that roving like just killer around the rim. It was, I, I don't know if I've, I mean, posts like Pistons and Spurs in the early 2000s. I don't know if I've seen NBA defense like that. Honestly, like the 2020 Lakers were, were almost like the closest replica, but just how dominant they were, how switchable they were, how smart they were on that end. That was pretty cool to me. Yeah. You know, I didn't put Boston on my list really because I figured you would, mm. and we didn't need to necessarily talk about, you know, every team twice, but yeah. they are actually a really fun team to watch, you know, uh, Jalen, you know, Jalen Brown has been connected in these rumors to Kevin Durant. If the Nets eventually end up moving him, and one of the things that stuck out to me with Jalen Brown is just I think he's a bit underrated and a bit underappreciated alongside Jason Tatum. Like I, I think the gap between the two of them is smaller than I think the conventional wisdom is. We'll see how he continues to grow, but I, I think he's a really fun player. I. I think they're going to be, if nothing else, uh, you know, you bring in Malcolm Brogdon, you bring in Danilo Gallinari. Yeah. They should be getting closer to the balance that they're looking for on both sides of the ball. My number eight's the Milwaukee Bucks. And I always think it's interesting to watch a team that won a championship and then has a disappointing uh, playoff trying to defend it. And their disappointment was really Chris Middleton being out and them not really being in a position to defend it. But you watch them during those playoffs without Chris Middleton, and I think it really reinforced how good they are and you know how capable they were of uh, going up against Boston even without Middleton. So you bring him back. You, you have a team with continuity that knows how each other plays. They're well, they're, it's weird to say this about a guy like Mike Budenholzer who always seems to be on the hot seat, but they're well coached. Yeah. And I, I Giannis always seems motivated and you can argue he's the best player in the league um they're fun to watch anyway so they're my number eight they were in heavy consideration for me ultimately kept them off and, and that's hard to say right because Giannis is top three to five most watchable like he's he is he's the freak he, he's like he does stuff that no one else in the universe has ever dreamed of doing to me this is a, a weird name to bring up in this conversation but if they can get Joe Ingles back healthy and like running at at full speed I think he can add an element in terms of both the shooting that they sometimes lack on the perimeter, but also just in his ability to make that like brilliant killer, like two passes ahead swing. And when Giannis breaks down a defense and you have someone like Drew Holiday gives them that a little bit, but they don't have a lot of guys with that high IQ. Like I think Holiday, Ingles, and Giannis all together could make some magic to your point. Middleton just raining fire, Brooke Lopez bombing threes. Uh, just hobbling around the rim on the other end. Uh, it's it, it's a fun group for sure. Uh, I want to continue this conversation because I have another 
hated enemy of the Los Angeles Lakers to, to get you fired up, Andy. But first, I want to tell everyone about betonline.net. They are the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. You can find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. You can find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting scores and podcasts. They have you covered, and they have you covered. Andy, I need your ears to perk up for this one. Ronnie James, both where he will commit to college, staying local at UCLA, are the favorites, but also the odds on LeBron and Bronny playing an NBA game together on the same team. Yes is plus 250. No is minus 400. Do, do you think that's going to happen? You want to talk about your futures bet, by the way? This is a bet for, I believe, three years in the future. Yep. Two to three years in the future, you are putting on a bet. That is that is how much Bet Online covers everything. You are betting into the future, my friends. Wow. It, 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 I, I, I got tingles, man. It's, it's crazy. Head to Bet Online today if you want that feeling, too. Or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. Bet Online. It's where the game starts, and we are back on Lockdown NBA. We're uh, paying homage, 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 homage. There's a lot of ways you could say that it word. It gets pronounced uh, all sorts of ways. Uh, yeah, I, and I'm, I, never, I, <laughs> I'm never really sure what it is. I think I just covered the spectrum. All right, uh, my number seven team, uh, not initially on my list, but after some sitting, some pondering, I threw them in there. The Los Angeles Clippers. Just because they're, I, one, I think Ty Lue is brilliant. Um, I, I like one of the, one of the better, like, I, this sounds weird, like when you say game to game coaches, because that just means like one of the better coaches. But like in a playoff series, his ability to throw adjustment after adjustment after adjustment out there, and the fact that uh, Steve Ballmer is willing to pay for him to have the most versatile roster in the NBA. I mean, just crazy, crazy switchability. Just a, a an embarrassment of riches when you have guys like um, like Powell, Robert Covington, Nicholas Batum, John Wall, Reggie Jackson. Um, BJ Boston, who I, I really like as a young guy, as your 11th man. I'm interested to see John Wall playing full time for basically the first time in, I think, four seasons now. I'm, I'm wondering if he's anything left, any verb. I want to see what Kawhi has coming off that injury. Just him and Paul George punishing people in the half court. Terrence Mann, we remember that game against the Jazz, him raining threes. To me, it's just such a flexible, interesting, weird team that is also an NBA championship contender. And, and, and the meeting of those two things is, is what creates some intrigue for me. I did not put them on my list, Gavin, purely because given the injury issues they've had over the last few years and that we haven't seen this group as the Clippers have envisioned them and even as somebody who, you know, covers the Lakers, roots for the Lakers, you know, in in my real life, I was rooting for them well before I ever had this as a job. You know, I I respect competition, I respect what the Clippers are and I I want to see really good teams that, you know, you, the end of the day, I'm a basketball fan. So yeah. I want to see that. I almost felt like, or it didn't even almost, I did feel like, and ultimately did omit them because it felt like putting them on this list was like jinxing them. Like in terms of already projecting them to be healthy and this version of themselves that we've never seen them be. So I'm a superstitious sort. So I left them off, but they, they could be really, really good. And I hope they are, because again, I want to see the most competitive version of the league, and that would include them. My number seven is the Warriors. I mean, yeah. they're at this point, I don't have them higher almost because I've seen so much of them that it it feels like you know what you're going to get. But then I start feeling spoiled when I say that. 
Like you sound like a basketball brat because at the end of the day, defense at that type of level across a whole team or the offense that's run through Draymond Green or the shooting that you get with, I mean, forget Steph, Clay, or Andrew Wiggins last season, which was just an incredibly fun story. And then thinking about the young guys, like what they're going to get from Moses Moody. What are they going to get from Jonathan Kaminga? Is Jonathan Weissman actually going to be on the court? I feel like I'm actually making an argument for putting them higher than I actually have them right now. But they came in at seven and they're always just a joy to watch. I, I have them a bit higher. I will not spoil where. Uh, my number six team. This is this is a weird one. I, I'm I'm going to be slightly surprised if you have them on here too. Um, but for me, for my type of basketball, um, I, and I guess this is the qualifiers. This only applies the first sixty games of the season because they won't play anyone the final twenty-two. But it's the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, I just think there's a lot of weirdness going on there that I am very much into. Uh, Chet Holmgren. I can't remember being as intrigued about a rookie coming to the NBA. Maybe Zion was uh, was similar, but such a weird, abnormal body type for someone picked that high. Um, an interesting game with like his handle, his shooting, his ability to protect the rim. I- I'm intrigued to see if he's getting bullied or if it just translates right away in terms of what he can do on the defensive end. To me, Josh Giddy is already about as smart of a passer as we have in the league. Uh, just just a savant, like everyone remembers like that sick, I think it was a game-winning inbounds play that he had where he just like lopped a pass like 30-something feet straight to the rim off of eye contact. SGA, a- as creative and weird and different as any superstar we've had in recent basketball history, but seemingly only getting better year after year. And then you, you, you got Poku, man. You got, you got Poku in the mix. There's no one like Poku, like not even in a basketball sense, just on planet Earth. So if he's if he's any better, if he's any more in the mix and just a ton of young guys that kind of can plug and play and, and fill different roles. And I think they're exceptionally well coached. So uh, next season, um, as long as those guys are all playing, they're going to be fun to watch. Not only do I feel that isn't crazy, Gavin, they're my number five. Oh, I had OKC as number five. I actually yeah. think they're a sleeper play in team. Mm. Like I, I think like they're with the way that they hoard picks and the fact that they're so young, they're always thought of as a team that eventually will be tanking, or at least they have been the last few years, certainly in like in the post Westbrook era. I actually think they're not going to be tanking this whole year. A, because once you've got Chet Holmgren, you've had Shea Gills Alexander doing this for a few years, you want to start getting these guys around winning, but I also think they're just too good for it. I think they are going to be too good of a team to be looking to lose games. They also have 70 billion picks. They don't need another one. I think they're going to be, they're not going to be a contending team, but I actually think they're going to be competitive. I think they're going to be entertaining. My six is uh, kind of a team along these lines as well, ahead of them, but the Cleveland Cavaliers are my number six. They're, I mean, they're a really fun, young foundation. You know, they they get after it defensively, which is unusual for a young team, but Evan Mobley and Jared Allen you know, they, the way that they're able to uh, provide that back line defensively and really lay a foundation for the rest of the team. I'm gonna, Darius Garland obviously took a big step moving forward, but curious to see how Colin Sexton, who I am presuming is going to be on the team next year, they'll figure out something for him to return. You know, they, they're no longer a sleeper team or anything like that, but I'm really curious to see the steps they take forward next season either way they were a lot of fun to watch last year 
They were they were my number eleven. They were my first cut, and when I noticed, it, I was like, "Oh man, I still want to find a way to talk about the Cavs." So I'm thrilled that you brought them up again. Love the weirdness of of the two big con- like you, you don't see two seven footers playing together very often, and and if you do, or with Markinen, Markinen right, three seven footers, something three yeah. seven footers at times. I mean, that is that is as weird as weird gets. I'm just I'm so fascinated how all the pieces fit. Like if Sexton is back there. Like off the bench, you're trying to fit in Sexton. You're trying to fit in Isaac Okoro, who people forget was a top five pick yeah. just two years ago. You're trying to fit in Kevin Love, who was, who was by and large spectacular for them. He was getting like like distant, like all-star, like interest. Like, like, does he have to be in that conversation when he was just bombing three after three? They're somehow better every time Dean Wade fights his way onto the floor. Garland is a genius. They were playing their best basketball. Ricky Rubio got hurt. He's coming back. He is just an absolute savant. Like, I mean, going back, like, 14 years at this point when he was a 17 year old in the Spanish national team. I don't know if I've been as excited about a prospect as when he was matching up with Chris Paul, who was like 10 years older than him, man. Oh man. You, you could list guy after guy after guy on that team. And, and to your point, I, I don't know. Did you see that viral clip of Sexton playing defense in some like random league? No, he was like he's like totally manic eyes tracking the guy up and down the court. Like it was game seven of the NBA finals. I was like, and that, that's who he was at Alabama. That's who he was at high school. I want more of that Colin Sexton. There's just so many weird pieces there. You're, you're almost convincing me. In retrospect, maybe I'd pop them over the Bulls or Suns. Because, man, they are intriguing. Uh, but number five for me was the Minnesota Timberwolves. And it, it's it's very, very simple. It basically boils down to I, I want to watch Anthony Edwards ju- just detonate on people. To He might be my single favorite player in basketball right now. I mean, I, I, 100% off the court, but also on it. And he has talked this offseason a very big game about being in the mix or being one of the guys in the league. I think he's that kind of talent. I want to see it. I want to see how it works with Gobert there because I'm, I'm worried that he could clog up the lane a little bit and, and mess with that. I'm hoping there's some time where they run with Cat as a true five. I'm curious how that Gobert Towns lineup fits just because they put so many assets into making that happen. There's, a, there's just a lot going on in Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota was my number three. Mm. And it's it's in part because uh, Ann Edwards, like you said, he's one of the most fun players in the league. He also he was so good in hustle. He he was fantastic in that movie, the Netflix movie with Adam Dude, Sandler. All, all time movie villain, I would say. Look, he was oh okay. Talk about that uh, on yeah. Locked On Lakers earlier in the summer. We had um, Amy Nicholson, film critic for the New York Times, as a guest. She's also a massive Laker fan. It was a really fun show. But she loved the movie Hustle. She did not realize that Anthony Edwards was an NBA player. She thought he was an actor that they brought in who like, you know, an actor who had a background in basketball. And she was blown away when she found out that he actually was a basketball player and maybe a part time actor, maybe a one time actor, whatever. But either way, that charisma and also the confidence to lean so far into playing a really unlikable guy that they never redeem at the end. He's just really a jerk who crosses lines. And he's he's phenomenal. I actually really like the Rudy Gay pick. I mean, the, excuse me, the Rudy Gobert acquisition. They paid a lot, but they're a team that needs to pay a lot to do something like that. And ultimately, if they become better, even if they don't win a championship, if they become a team that creates a competitive culture along the lines of what Utah has had with Rudy Gobert for years, that's worth it for the Minnesota Timberwolves. When you take into account that they have been out of the first round of the playoffs once since 2004, that's absolutely worth it for them. And I actually think it could work between the two of them. So 
Either way, I'm really curious to see how it looks. Uh, as we said before, the Thunder were my number five for for the reasons that we talked about. I think they're going to be a fun team to watch. Yeah, I'm. I just want to see how it looks on offense with Gobert. Defensively, that's like him and Jalen McDaniels, who's just a menace and getting better. And I think there was a reason Minnesota was celebrating keeping that guy in the trade. I could see yeah. him taking another step and being interesting. And the fact that Edwards, second half of last year, still like as we saw in the playoffs, had some real issues off the ball, but on the ball, man, like when he was locked in, like one of the better perimeter defenders in all of basketball, like it's just an interesting group. And it's kind of on cat to take that next step if they are going to be like credible Western conference contenders, but they're to your point, either way, they're going to be fun to watch. Um, another, another team in that Western playoff mix, man, I went almost all West on this list in retrospect. Uh, it is the new Orleans Pelicans who I think, uh, similar to the clip, I think are, I would almost describe them as a more fun version of the Clippers just in how many wings they can throw out there. They could theoretically put out a lineup with Zion at point guard, and you could have six ten, six eleven Trey Murphy in there bombing threes. Dyson Daniels, who's seemingly uh, fixed his shot under the guidance of the Pelicans, a brilliant shooting coach. I believe it's Fred Vinson there. Um, Dyson Daniels, man, he, he was the guy I wanted in the Knicks. Just, just creative, athletic, big Australian wing. Herb Jones, who, I mean, speaking of that, might be the yeah. best perimeter defender in the NBA. Brandon Ingram, who I thought like really showed me something in that Sun series. He was I, I I root for the Suns as well as the Knicks, and he he like scared the life out of me. I thought he was gonna single-handedly will them to a series win. Uh more points Zion, more Zion rolling to the rim. I don't care. Zion is he it's just if he can, I mean, it's kind of what you said about the Clippers. If, if the health is the big if, but if he can stay healthy, like the dude, like I, I don't know if I've ever had a player where Every single night, if I didn't catch the Pelicans game, I would Google their highlights the next day. That was Zion for me. The 82 times he's been on the court in his career. It's been far too few, but he is as fun as it gets. I think that team is weird. I think they're well coached, and I think they have a chance to be really good if it all clicks. Pelicans are my number four. That's mm-hmm. exactly where I had them. Like you, I'm intrigued to see how Zion fits into this new mix that clearly got a jolt by bringing in C.J. McCollum, who you know may not be a true superstar-level player, even if he's paid at that level but he's a really good player who I think is a very good leader and something that this team needed along those lines with so many young core players I'm a massive Brandon Ingram fan I've been a massive fan of his ever since he was a rookie with the Lakers and a lot of people were down on him if you watched Brandon Ingram play game in game out like I did you would see the signs of where he is right now and it's not surprising at all and I I think they're going to be Real, Like you said, they're kind of weird and they're going to be interesting to watch, but they also seem like a team that feels like they've arrived, but not in a cocky way, like in a way that's almost like reassuring to themselves. We've been through so much bleep along the way and, and we're here. And if we get this guy Zion back and we we can find ways to to create some momentum moving forward, we're going to be a team that nobody wants to see. So I, I'm really curious to see if they can keep everybody on the court together and what it looks like. But at the very least, I think they could be a team that's fun to watch. And if you're if you're a diehard Pelicans fan, just think of the emotional swings over the last decade plus. You get Chris Paul, probably top 30 player all time, generational point guard, and you're like, oh, wow, I'm going to get to watch this dude his whole career. Doesn't happen. Blows up. You get Anthony Davis, possible top 30, 40, 50 guy all time. That's all, folks. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> well, health, health, health pending. Uh, who knows? But um, And he, he looks like, oh, my God. We just like 
when people talk about the best prospects in the last 25 years, Davis is, is top three to five on that list. That is, that is, you, you could be as excited about that as anyone after a draft pick in the last 20 years. It doesn't work out. You get Zion. It looks for so long like, wow, is he really going to take a qualifying offer and, and get out of there? Are they going to have to trade this guy? If they have to trade him and, and they blow three of these guys in a row, is that just, are, are you, are you moving the franchise at that point? And now it's looking like it's all coming together and they're going to be really good for their foreseeable future. So shouts to Pelicans Nation. My number three, I don't think I need to talk about them a lot. Memphis Grizzlies, man. It comes down to John Morant. As electric as it gets, Desmond Bain is a joy. Their, their cohesion on both ends of the floor. Uh, I really wish Jaron Jackson was healthy because to me, he's, he's so interesting as a center and, and such a perfect fit with Ja. When, when he is, when everything's working from him and the shots working, when the defense is working as it was last year. So that, that, that's maybe the one missing element from putting them higher, but I, I think, I think they're great. Well, I'm going to hold off talking about the oh. Grizzlies too much. Uh, I guess semi spoiler alert. Sure. But, uh, my number three was the Timberwolves. Uh, we've gone through a lot of those reasons, but again, I, I, Rudy Gay is, excuse me, Rudy Gobert yeah. is a popular player to bash on among fans. And it seems like to a certain degree among his fellow players, like he does not necessarily seem like a popular guy among peers. And, you know, it's, there's been a lot of jazz failures in the playoffs and, you know, the, the matchup issues that have come at times with Rudy Gobert going up against a smaller spread team. But if you watch the playoffs and, and the jazz eventually bowing out, he was not the problem. And I think you are going to come to realize how much he brought to Utah by his absence. And I, and I understand who knows what Utah is going to be moving forward. He might be a member of your team, Gavin, uh, by the time the season actually begins. But I think there's going to be more of an appreciation of what Rudy Gobert is, even in this current incarnation of the NBA. And again, I really get why Minnesota made this move. It may be an overpay, broadly speaking, but I don't actually think it was an overpay for them, or at least a crazy overpay, and that's all that really matters. A, a top 10 regular season player, I think still, to your point, someone who makes a definitive positive impact in the playoffs, just not Look, quite to the same extent. I get it. He's not a likable guy. I understand why people don't like him, you know, or that he can have kind of an off-putting personality, but that's not the same thing as being a player who doesn't bring it, particularly defensively, also on the glass. Absolutely. All right. Uh, my number two, uh, the Denver Nuggets. Uh, hopefully, hopefully. And another team, I'm, I'm banking on a lot of good health this year, but um, if Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., uh, they people forget about it, but for the 10 or so games they got post that Aaron Gordon trade before Murray got hurt and then oh, Porter finished out that season, but before Murray got hurt, they were playing as good, basketball as any team in the league I, I thought they were gonna they they would have been my pick to win the NBA championship that year they had a game against that Clippers team that also was supposed to be in that conversation and beat them something like 133 to 95 and and you just saw magic like we, we saw what Jokic did last year with like probably the worst supporting cast that any top five or six player had in the NBA LeBron certainly in that conversation as well as you know but tell me about he, it yeah, yeah, yeah. You sorry. Um, he he made he made magic happen despite that. And you give him Murray, who I mean, man, someone was tweeting out clips of his bubble highlights the other day. Go back and watch those bubble highlights. The dude is in, in terms of his just the aesthetic appeal of his game, how beautiful his jump shot is, 
how smooth he is. Like he had that insane 360 layup in the bubble, like how smooth he is around the rim. The mid-range pull-up, just as technically sound as almost any player on planet Earth. Michael Porter Jr., I like if, if I could steal an NBA player's jump shot, it would be his. Like obviously Steph's is the best, but it's just it's perfect. It, it's like at that height, it's crazy. Yeah, it's and unblockable. Gordon's still flashing that athleticism. And Jokic as this, I mean, he's a once in a lifetime player. We'll, ne- we'll never see anything like Nikola Jokic again. And and his his ability last season when he didn't have those guys to find that edge and drop 30 or 40 points when it was necessary, that was the next step for him as a player. And, and all that together, and plus some intriguing pieces. Man, Bones Highland, <laughs> he's, he's a lot of fun. Um, they're just, they're, they're easily number two for me. Denver's also my number two. Uh, Nikola Jokic is the most entertaining passer in the league, much less passing big man. And, you know, he and Jamal Murray have just an incredible, incredible chemistry on the court, seemingly off the court as well. They are by multiple accounts, very close. And I think that feeds, you know, that type of bond, I think feeds them on the court as well. And, you know, having Porter and Murray back is going to take a team that already performed extremely well under the circumstances, should take him to the next level. Contavious Caldwell-Pope was a fantastic pickup for them. You know, beyond the defensive help that they've needed along the wings that he's going to be able to provide and the shooting, he's a really good cutter. I mean, that was one of the things that watching KCP for a few years with the Lakers that I did not know about him that impressed me was how well he can move off the ball you know, he does a really good job filling the lanes on the run, you know, getting to the corners, but he also just cuts well to the basket. And a guy like Jokic is going to be able to find him every single time. Also, Bruce Brown is a really nice pickup for them yeah. as well, particularly for a team that has needed more help defensively. And Bruce Brown, you can deploy him in a lot of different ways defensively. Like he's one of those guys that along as as long as his offense is good enough, the different ways that he can help you defensively, I think especially for a team like Denver that has a lot of different combinations that they can play with, He's all he was frankly somebody that I really wanted the Lakers to pick up in a free agency. I was hoping he could be their mid-level guy, assuming I was surprised he was actually available at that price. But either way, man, Denver is a lot of fun to watch. They should be ranked this high. My number one team, you already mentioned them, uh, the Golden State Warriors. Uh, I, I'm not tired of it yet. I mean, Steph, <laughs> is, Steph is the greatest show on earth. Was Despite the inconsistency, incredible having Clay Thompson back, both the, the human being and the, the flamethrower of a shooter. Um, to me, what's keeping it fresh is, is just all the intriguing young talents. Obviously, we saw what Andrew Wiggins, that, that massive dunk in the finals. If, if not for Steph, I, I think pretty clearly the second most valuable guy in that finals and it wasn't particularly close. I mean, the level he hit defensively was, was not something I, I thought we'd get to see out of him after his first couple of seasons in the it's NBA. It's a great story. Yeah. It's and a just really great story. And it was a team. I mean, it's incredible that in, in retrospect that they got him for the price that they did and picking up a pick that became Jonathan Kuminga to get off of a, a yeah. clearly worse player in D'Angelo Russell, another stroke of genius for golden state. And they, they would not have won a title without him. That, that injection of athleticism. And, and to me, like, I love a team that can shoot. And you have that one just, I mean, Wiggins is a shooter in his own right, but that one hyper athlete around him. I'm looking for Kuminga to play that role in bench units for them, like him playing off of Jordan Poole, taking another step forward. Like, I, I'm so intrigued by what he could be. 
Uh, James Wiseman is a real wild card, but again, they've never had that type of rim runner with Steph and the way Steph contorts a basketball court, having that type of athleticism speeding towards the rim. I mean, he made JaVale McGee look like an all-star for, for stretches uh, in NBA finals in the past, having a better version of that, even if that's all Wiseman ends up becoming could be great. DiVincenzo, I think a perfect fit around those guys. So to me, that that is my team. But Andy, just by process of elimination, are we are we are we going to talk about their uh, Western Conference semifinals opponent right now? Uh, the Memphis Grizzlies. Is that who you're referring uh, that, to? That is that is who I'm referring to. Yep. Ja Morant is by far my favorite young player in the league. I, I I've been in love with him as a player since his rookie season. Just. His style, his personality, the leadership that he has at such a precocious young age, the fearlessness, like he and and the groundedness in being all of that. Like he is the perfect star for a guy like Memphis. Like, you know, every team does this, but I see it all the time with Laker fans. You know, they'll tweet a highlight of him and have like hashtag future Laker. I've said to them, I don't want him to leave Memphis. Like I, I want him to be with that organization his entire career. Don't get me wrong. If he ended up a Laker, I'll take him. But I think it's actually more awesome if he ends up because he's just a perfect fit for those guys. You know, he he's from, you know, that broadly speaking, that region himself. I think he's got a mentality and sort of a like a outlook that meshes really well with that organization. And then you look at that supporting cast around him, you know, Jaron Jackson Jr. when healthy is a defensive player of the year, all defense team caliber player. Uh, Desmond Bain has took taken a massive, massive step moving forward. He, he has become a fringy all-star player himself that nobody saw coming selected at, you know, that late in the first round. Dylan Brooks, Brandon Clark, Steven Adams. I mean, it's a really, really, well-constructed roster that is coached so well by Taylor Jenkins. Like I remember when Memphis hired him, I had no idea who he was. Yeah. And then I saw him for the first time. I'm like, he looks like an accountant. Like he, he does not look like somebody who'd be coaching NBA basketball. He's been fantastic. Like his ability to take a young group and put them all on the same page in a way that they have been capable of playing together and then evolving together and then especially it gets accelerated again, having jaw who I just, I can't say enough great things about. I've said before, if I were an NBA orphan, if I did not have the Lakers as my team personally and professionally, and I was looking to adopt a team, it would be these Grizzlies and it's not even close. Yeah. I mean, just that it's the same thing as Golden State, but oh, it didn't really come out till late with Golden State, but a little bit of that, that F you attitude, which is yeah. what made that series really fun to me and and to some extent you got to back it up like they got to go further this year to, to sure. maintain that but Ja earns it every time he's on the court and that and the fact that more so when Jackson is healthy but similar to the Clippers they just have an answer for everything they're like oh you're gonna go with this we'll, we'll pull uh John Conchar off our ban- bench last year was DeAnthony Melton coming in and like he was he was one of my favorite like niche weird guys in the NBA with how, how he was like, a good pickup for Philly he yeah was a really oh, good pickup fantastic yeah um and just it felt like they always have an answer to everything. I mean, the way Brandon Clark just just dominates around the rim. I mean, I that, love, that's what killed Minnesota. Clark. The offensive rebounding, like oh, that might have been part of the reason they went out and got Gobert. Like we can't let that happen again. So it really is a team that is is such perfect chemistry. And and and, and when you have a team like that, it's you just want a great point guard that can kind of like hit every note. It's like a conductor. Um, and Morant 
plays that perfectly. So that is the conclusion of our uh, league pass rankings. Once again, shout out to Zach Lowe, shout out to Bill Simmons, shout out to our bosses for uh, having us on locked on NBA. Andy, before we go, can you, can you tell everyone where they can find all your work? Uh, you can follow me and my brother, the co-host of locked on Lakers on Twitter at cam brothers, obviously go to locked on Lakers, wherever you get your podcast, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Um, we've got a very lively, commenting section also we've got a giveaway coming up uh with our sponsors doer uh great most comfortable pants you will ever wear gavin and we are doing a live show august 27th if you happen to be in la 11 a.m at the doer store in mid-city in la on la brea but you can actually still be a part of the giveaway by sending us questions using the hashtag doer d-u-e-r show so hit us up on twitter or in the comments section wherever all right, I'm going to I'm going to show you something about Russell Westbrook getting rerouted to the Utah Jazz in a Donovan Mitchell trade. But if you want more Knicks takes such as that one, you can check us out, uh, well me out at Locked On Knicks with uh not my brother, but a close friend Alex Wolf, fantastic co-host. Um he you can follow him at Alex Wolf, but check us out Locked On Knicks, Knicks coverage, Lakers coverage every single day and uh Locked On NBA. We'll be back in your feed on Monday. But until next time, be good, peace out, enjoy your week.